Hi, this is Gayatri. Welcome to my course on Patanjali Yoga Sutras. I'd like to begin with a prayer. ಶಂಖಚಕ್ರಸಿಧಾರಿಣಸ್ರಶಿರಸ್ವೇತಂಜಲಿಂ you'll find a detailed uh, transliteration and translation of the prayer in the additional resources on the website now let's begin with the introduction to patanjali's yoga sutras welcome to the course on a comparative study of patanjali's yoga sutras in this course we'll be looking at six bhashyas in a comparative format each lesson is going to explain one sutra as it is understood by each of the six gurus each sutra capsule is of or just under 20 minutes for easy listening and retention you'll be able to take the course on our website and you'll have unlimited access if you're a member um where you'll be able to access the pdfs and any additional resources you'll also be able to listen to parts of it on youtube and as a podcast on spotify apple or wherever you get your podcast those who access it via the website as a course you can you'll be also invited to an open q&a interactive session once a month where you can bring your questions now that the mundane stuff is done with the masters or gurus whose bhashyas we'll be considering are of marishi vedavyasa translated by sanskrit scholar ganganath cha swami satyananda swami vivekananda bks ayengar osho and babra strola milam Of course there are many more commentaries you could refer to the more well known ones being shri vachaspati mishra shri ramananda saraswati shri ramanujacharya king bhojadeva however these are the ones i have chosen to work with and why because by the end i hope that we'll have a strong view of both traditional and modern interpretations of the yoga sutras such that we have an understanding of the range scope and breadth of the application and interpretation so why should we do this why should we pick up six commentaries and compare them why can't we just pick up one and stick to it in letter and spirit well there's an insightful line in bks ayengar's commentary in which he points out that in the yoga sutras the seer is the object of knowledge unlike say the brahma sutras in which brahman is the object of knowledge and as such brahman being fixed and absolute and the seer being mutable and individual in this quest to find the seer and the doer which is the self the yoga sutras become a subjective art philosophy and science as such the yoga sutras are open to interpretation and are mutable but within the framework of individual practice there is a tendency in the modern world you know as yoga spreads far and wide um and by now we have practitioners of yoga overseas who've um from different cultures who've been at it more than 40 50 years but there is a tendency to make yoga modular you can go into a 220 hour 550 hour teacher training within a month gain certification you can claim to be an expert in kundalini yoga 
without accessing the spiritual foundations or the principles of yoga and while it is true that even in the traditional form yoga is a practice yoga is always a practice it's not a theory it's maybe 1% theory even so there's a need to understand the theoretical framework inside which we may operate because there is one and we cannot gain the mind of the yogi by discarding the framework it's kind of like you've got to learn the grammar to become this kind of literary expert who discards grammar you don't start by throwing out the punctuation marks and um the thing is we seem to be doing that the other way around in everyday life so the masters commentaries of bhashyas reinforce that framework for us and the range of them the fact that they, we can go from swami satyananda to osho or to babra strola mela shows that there is still flexibility to the interpretations within the context of the discipline so the masters of the bhashyas that i have chosen aim to create that range now of all the bhashyas there are introductions i think swami vivekananda just um, you know his uh, introduction is more catered to a western audience so he still sort of uh, defensive about and justifying the need for the individual soul to reach the higher self but i am assuming that my audience is already convinced of that so i'm skipping his introduction i find the introductions of swami satyananda bikya sangar babra strola miller the most systematic the most comprehensive uh, in providing a context for the knowledge each goes into the definitions of the yoga and the categorizations um for instance into bahiranga or the external practices of yoga that is yama the social code niyama the personal code asana the seating pose pranayama the control of prana or life force pratyahara the sense withdrawal and these prepare us for antaranga or the inner practices that are attained in the last three stages of yoga dharana dhyana and samadhi that is concentration meditation and superconsciousness so swami satyananda sees patanjali's yoga sutra as a categorization within a larger framework of raja yoga and this to him raja yoga includes kundalini kriya mantra dhyana yogas and so on whereas others tend to see patanjali's yoga as the same as raja yoga and equally inclusive of all of these swami satyananda makes the distinction um the eight limbs he says steady the five koshas the annamaya the pranamaya the manomaya vijnanamaya anandamaya koshas physical pranic mental intuitive and that which has the nature of bliss okay so if we go deeper into these categorizations the five yamas are satya ahimsa asteya brahmacharya and aparigraha that is truthfulness non-violence honesty abstinence non-possessiveness and the five niyamas are shaucha santosha tapas swadhyaya nishvara pramidana that is cleanliness contentment austerity self study and surrender between these two the yamas create external equilibrium the niyamas create internal equilibrium and between them they encompass the sum of our engagements with the world they cover all our worldly activities basically they cover our way of being and osho in his commentary says that even if you can recite the sutras backwards and forwards if you can do all the asanas you can 
you don't become a yogi by study alone that is not who a yogi is you have to be centered you have to have gained the capacity to be this way of being is what all the gurus speak of and yoga is not about asana alone it's about the capacity to have discipline to become a, which he says derives from the term becoming a disciple and that is what in yoga gives you the capacity to be and collectively bk sangar says the yoga sutras come after patanjali's study of grammar and ayurveda and these three together are known as the moksha sutras so there is an inherent progression from lucidity of speech which can only come from lucidity of thought which can only come from clarity of mind uh to health in the bodily form and on that base we can start using body and mind to reach yoga or communion a state of oneness otherwise what is it the yoga is of right so when you study yoga you understand when the thing is when you practice yoga for instance you just join a local class you start doing the asanas and it takes a lot out of you but you're doing them and you you're devoted to it but it's only when you begin to study the theory the commentaries the bhashyas that you understand there is a before and after there's a breadth to yoga there's an expansiveness to yoga it is not just of body it is also of mind it is not just of mind it is of the world it is of our way of being in the world there's a before there's an after and um to be kesangar the four padas coincide with the four ashramas of life four stages of life and also the four gunas rajas sattva tamas so babra stole so the thing is as you read each of these commentaries you understand that each guru focuses on aspects of this expansiveness and between all of them you find it expands into almost every state of being and every consideration of the world of the mind of the body babra stole miller defines yoga as that system which yokes one's consciousness to a spiritually liberating discipline what patanjali is doing she says is offering us the possibility of complete psychological transformation through the discipline of yoga in the indian view the yogi is not passive he is a spiritual hero he is active and potent and he has to be supra rational it is not that he is irrational he is supra rational he goes beyond the senses and he goes beyond the mind so what exactly are the yoga sutras what is its composition there are 195 sutras of aphorisms each is concise pithy meaningful it's very sparse it's very sparsely written and it's divided into four sections samadhi pada sadhana pada vibhuti pada kaivalya pada the samadhi pada has 51 sutras it instructs us on definition practice obstacles concrete and abstract communion the sadhana pada has 55 sutras it deals with the kleshas or affliction and it goes it gives you an overview of the eight limbs but it has a focus on the first three vibhuti pada has 56 sutras and details the five remaining limbs and the development of siddhis or psychic paths and kaivalya pada which has 34 sutras is the deployment of all 
everything that you've attained from the study and practice of the previous three padas and directs it towards clarifying perception and attaining liberation. How are they composed? Swami Satyananda says Brahma or Hiranyagarbha is the formulator of the Yoga Sutras through the agency of the actor that Patanjali became in around the 4th century. Different people differ on dates. Typically, it's dated by the intersection with other texts and the presence of other practitioners such as the Buddha. Um, he, uh, Swami Satyananda isn't certain that Patanjali who wrote the treatises on grammar on Ayurveda is the same Patanjali who wrote the Yuga Sutras, whereas B.K. Sayangar is uh, convinced of that fact. So you see, they differ on, on these aspects. But what Swami Satyananda says is the basis of the Yoga Sutras is a foundational Sankhya philosophy of sage Kapila. And he says it existed before the time of Gautama, the Buddha, who studied Sankhya Yoga in the ashram of Alarkala. And if you have a basic knowledge of Buddhism, he points out that you will be able to see the similarities between the Noble Eightfold Path and the Ashtanga of Yoga. And most of the Gurus agree that Yoga existed in various forms well before Sage Patanjali. And his role was more to gather all this knowledge and information, declutter it and to make it one pithy uh, text that is aphoristic and concise and practically usable by a student. Barbara Stola Miller in her introduction tells a very interesting story of the origins of the uh, Tantra of Yoga. And the thing is, we often forget that Yoga is a Tantra. It is a secret knowledge. And by secret knowledge, it doesn't mean that only some people should have access to it, but that it ha access to it has to be earned by a student and permitted by a teacher based on the progress of the student. And it also has a strong feminine aspect to it. It is an aspect of Shakti. And um, so she tells a story in which the name of Sage Patanjali is derived from a small newborn serpent that falls into the hands of his mother as she is offering worship to the sun. So she names him Pata, Patanjali. Pata meaning serpent, but also pollen. And Anjali meaning offering. And the sage Patanjali is born of a spiritually cognizant and aware woman, which suggests the tantric underpinnings of yoga. In Tantra, the norms of society are typically overturned to liberate practitioners from worldly constraints. And in this process, it releases locked energy. And this releasing of locked energy is the process and purpose of yoga. So, while my, each of the commentators focuses on different aspects, what's, to some one aspect is more important, you'll find others don't even mention the tantra. Um, someone else may not men mention the koshas or the uh, gunas or the, you know, uh, ashramas. Many differ on etymological interpretations, dates, historical origins, categorizations you'll still find a strong resonance between each of them. That yoga existed before Patanjali, that he gathered this vast and fragmented knowledge, gave it concise shape and form. 
even so much of it still remains cryptic um pointing to its tantric nature that knowledge can only be revealed by the initiation of a guru even when the words and practices seem present and apparent ripe for the picking that yoga is common to buddhism jainism hinduism and they aim to free humanity from suffering that yoga is to be practiced as a continuum along with bhakti yoga elevation through devotion jnana yoga and the path of knowledge karma yoga right action in this in a worldly sense and swami satyananda points out that having derived from the sankhya philosophy of purusha and prakriti patanjali uses the term vyoga yoga if yoga is communion what is vyoga vyoga is separation why is patanjali talking about separation this derives from the sankhya underpinnings because in the sankhya philosophy beings are born out of the union of purusha and prakriti and therefore this deconstruction of samsara has to come from the separation of purusha and prakriti so the end of yoga then becomes vyoga yoga's origins references evolution can be traced through the mahabharata rigveda bhagavad gita uh in various upanishads tejo upanishad yoga tatva yoga chudamani varaha upanishad darshan upanishad there are references of yoga throughout scriptural texts so it's it's not possible to read all of them but what it is sort of or perhaps it is possible if you devote your life to it uh and many do uh but what it is possible to sort of at least begin to understand is that there is great freedom in the discipline of the pursuit of freedom there's freedom to think there's freedom to understand there's freedom to practice this freedom to correct the practice this freedom to internalize the practice and there are many many ways in which you may fall off this wagon multiple times as we all do and still be able to pull yourself back to a process that moves you towards a healthier state of mind and body so thus as you can tell the purpose of this course is to help a student understand that yoga is more than just exercise posture asana uh, as you know my own guruji puts it a monkey can do asanas standing on your head doesn't make you a yogi uh nor does not being able to hold a part of your body not make you a yogi yoga is so much more and it cannot be divorced from its philosophy or made modular and fragmented that is going against the spirit by which the yoga sutras were created by patanjali it's a wholeness of understanding pure perception consciousness practice and being that a yogi aspires to thank you for listening to the introduction i hope you'll also be able to uh, listen to sutra 1 which will be uploaded in a day uh so have fun with it and i hope to see you come back and access our website for the full course